Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Out there because during, I guess, during all the rain we had, somehow we turned the sprinklers off and so they've been off for a couple of days and so they're coming back. Anyway, if you just remember, if you ever turn the sprinklers off, I know very few of us know where that's located, but got to make sure that you turn them back on. Amen. All right, Brother Long, hallelujah, come and bring us a lesson tonight. The Lord bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. wonder if I should wipe the mic. Do you have COVID? Amen. Happy Wednesday. I hope the Lord is blessing you and you're uh, excited to be here tonight and ready for the word and a Bible study. I know no one wanted to come tonight to play games. Like you're here to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to stall while my lovely assistants pass out the papers and pens and everything. So all of this is just an attempt to keep you engaged in the material while I bore you to death. So, and it's mostly for my daughter, so she'll pay attention. <clears throat> all right, we're going to talk about what God's will is for us tonight. What is God's will for us? Amen. Deep subject, important for my life right now. Hopefully it'll uh, matter to you just a little bit. Brother Ali, would you mind just saying a quick prayer for the word tonight? Amen. As we dive into this tonight, I, uh, I'm going to encourage you to maybe think a little bit about your history and your past when you were at a crossroad, a place of decision, a place that you had to make a choice and maybe have an example to share. Uh, we don't need everybody's examples, but if you can be thinking about it, and if God so moves upon you and it's God's will for you to share, I'm going to going to invite you to share tonight because in our wonderful Christian walk, we come across many situations where we end up with a crossroad, right? We can choose left or right. Sometimes we have three, three turns. Sometimes we have four turns and how crucial decisions are. I was talking with Devin just a couple weeks ago and we were talking about just how one key decision I made in college where I could have student taught in Spokane instead of student taught in Zilla, and how that one decision completely changed the trajectory of my life. And I told him if I would have picked Spokane, he wouldn't be alive today. Yeah? Larry, go ahead.
And that moment, pressure's on, huh? So we're going to have stories just like that all night long. So as we uh, steer toward our lesson tonight, I'm going to encourage you to bring it uh, into the place of where God's will is going to be. Um, I'm going to take Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm going to need some volunteers to read, as I typically do. Who would like to get Romans 12 and 2? Felicia, yours. Thank you. James 1 and 5. Colton, thank you. Ezra, 9 and 5. Sam, thank you. Proverbs 16 and 9. Brother Ali, thank you. Psalm 37, 4 and 5. Natalie, thank you. Psalm 119 and 11. Denise, thank you. Acts 11 and 9. Janelle, thank you. Job 37 and 2. Ryan, or, or is that Finn? Finn's going to read for us tonight. Proverbs 11 and 14. Crickets. All right, Isaac, it's you. Thank you, sir. And Proverbs 13 and 20. Last one on the shelf. Brother Cliff, it's yours. Brother Cliff, I didn't get you this lesson ahead of time, did I? <laughs> I'm his favorite right now. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so we have the opening of the story here. Have you ever stopped and wondered what the will of God is for your life? I would hope that every hand would go up in the house. Say it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, when you got it, say it. I'm excited to hear what it is. That's good enough. That, that meets the meat of the lesson right now. Okay. So hopefully, we've all asked the question, God, what is your will for my life? So if you have never asked that question... Tonight, I'm going to encourage you, you need to ask God that question. We're called Christians, and with that comes the belief that Christ is the creator and savior for my soul. Who believes he created you and he's going to save you? Again, I hope every hand in the house goes up. And tonight's study is going to help us decipher the will of God and help us along the path he has chosen for us. He gets to choose my path? I'm walking my own steps. Right? I chose to live in Kennewick, come to church in Richland. I chose education as a profession. That's good. That's good. So our walk with Christ is full of splendor, and it should be shared, and hopefully we'll get to share a little bit tonight so all of us are encouraged by each other's testimony. I put a little, uh, <clears throat> put a little question mark here. And I started to say, did I get to choose whether or not I'm going to golf tomorrow? And when I committed to my golfing appointment tomorrow, did I actually ask God, is it your will that I should golf tomorrow? I will tell you and confess to you that no, I did not. But the pastor invited me. So that's got to be God's will, right? And my son just found out I'm golfing in his place tomorrow. So I love, I love you, son. <clears throat> my, 
My wife sent me an email today saying, hey, we should buy Seahawk tickets. They're at a discounted rate through this little special discount thing she's got. Do you think that's God's will for me to get Seahawk tickets since it just magically appeared in my email box? So, these kinds of situations happen all the time to us, right? Where some of them are kind of lighthearted things, and, you know, we have our own power and freedom of choice. But does God really expect us to consult his will, whether we commit to that or not? Any thoughts? Kathleen? Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about how we consulted God in the important decisions, right? And It probably depends a little bit on the seriousness of the decision, the amount of depth of prayer you go into for God's will, right? If you feel like it's a pretty major decision, then we tend to be a little bit more prayerful, a little slower to make the choice, a little more often on the knees. And if we're just deciding whether or not to just go down to the uh, Circle K and get a Polar Pop, we're probably not waiting for divine intervention to say, no, don't go. It's bad for you, right? We're making some of those choices impossible without even a consultation with our Heavenly Father, whether we should do that or not. Brother Andrew, it is great to see you. I was just thinking about you during prayer service, and it was inappropriate to text you while I was up on the platform, so I was going to do it later. But anyway, good to see you. So... The all-important Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. How many staple this as their favorite scripture in their house? Anybody? It's a good one. If you don't have it memorized, and it's okay if it's not your favorite. But trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thy understanding. And all of us can quote it. In all thy ways. Even if I'm going to the Circle K. Right? There's the little Brian Long admission into the word. 
Because it says all thy ways, right, pastor? And I assure you, that one was with a lot of meditation and prayer, right? That one was very serious choice for me and had serious ramifications. Um, I like to think for good. Of course, I ended up with some great in-laws out of the deal. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I love you. Anyway, all right. <clears throat> so... Making God's will powerful in your life. What I'm hoping to strike home to you tonight is that, well, as we get to the top, the top heading, have a relationship. Interacting with God is not a Sunday and a Wednesday night event. And for many of us, life gets in the way and it ends up being a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night event. But I promise you, if I talk to my wife on a Sunday morning and I talk to her on a Wednesday night and I did zero other interaction with her in the week, we wouldn't have a happy home for very long. Right? And if I had a best friend that I confided in all things and I only touch base with him or her once or twice a week, it can be so much more and so much deeper, right? So when we have a relationship with God, one that's meaningful, one that's powerful, one that we can rely on, it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. Someone get Romans 12 and 2. Who did I give that to? Alicia, you're on. Thank you. Thank you. Be transformed by renewing your mind. What's it mean to renew? So when you wake up, when you wake up in the morning, literally the first thought on my head, by and large, 99% of the time is, Lord, thank you for another morning. And I don't speak it out loud. It is just a thought that instantly pops in my head. Thank you for another day. Right? It is one way that I refresh the brain. I try to renew my focus to what it's supposed to be on. 
And we pray that God's will will take us through the day. I pray that God's will will guide my steps, help my decisions, help with the workload and the stress and the family and all the pieces that we have. Right? And that takes a, that takes a conscious renewing of your mind. Because in America, life gets in the way. Right? Life gets in the way. And if you, if you focus on all the things that life has to offer... It can be fun for a season, but you're going to get caught up and then realize you are drained and empty at some point. Because life doesn't fulfill you. Life doesn't sustain you. Christ does, right? <clears throat> All right, James 1 and 5. So, if you are not the sharpest knife in the drawer, right? You're not the brightest crayon in the box, okay? You're just frankly, how, does, how do you say it, Devin? You're a special kind of stupid? I think that's how he said it, or Cooper says it, somebody says it. It's a special kind of stupid right now, right? There's days that I fit in that category. But this scripture says what again? Ask. God literally says in scripture, did you guys realize, kids, did you guys realize this? God says in scripture, if you're dumb, ask to be smart. Literally, the word says that. And not only do you ask for it, but what will happen? He's going to give you the smarts you need to make that decision, right? So if I'm having to decide, Lord, my wife wants to buy a bigger house. I don't want to have a house payment when I'm 87 years old. I literally don't. I'm going to have a house paid off here in a few short years, and I am excited to not have a house payment. But if, if we do this house thing, then I'll be paying a mortgage until I die. And I don't want to do that. God, give me wisdom. And God's wisdom right now, dear, is giving me this divine intervention. No, do not get a house. Okay? But it's that kind of stuff. Don't be shy to ask God for stuff. Don't think he's going to hit you with lightning because he's not. Ask God, give me what I need. Give me the wisdom. Give me the resource I need to make this decision. Larry. Amen. Praise God. Let's get Ezra 9 and 5.
That's the story from Ezra. And he had a relationship with Christ that he knew he knew what God would think. Is anybody familiar with the story of why he dropped to his hands and knees, put his face on the ground, and started praying? He had just received word that all the people were intermarrying and marrying people that they shouldn't be marrying. And Ezra knew that was a no-no. Ezra knew the character of God enough to know I am in desperation need to get in prayer right now. Because Ezra had that relationship. And when we have a walk with God that is daily and consistent, and you're wondering, God, what is the will for my life? A lot of those decisions are just going to start becoming automatic. Because when God is in your focus 24-7 and you come up with a decision of a crossroad, you already know the character of God. You know the nature of God. You had a relationship with God. You've been in communication with Him and you can make a much easier decision. Instead of having to go to a three and four and five and six and seven day fast and prayer mode for, a, for an answer to a decision. We're in constant communication with him. We can do that. So Ezra's there. Fall on your knees and pray. Proverbs 16 and 9. <laughs> Amen. Lord directs our steps. The Lord directs our steps. <clears throat> so I put down in the commentary, God is not a quick mark, one-stop shop. You know, <clears throat> when we pull in our car at the gas station, there's a particular kind of gas that we got to put in our car. There's a particular kind of snack and there's a specific kind of drink. And if God were to ever recommend, no, use the other kind of gas, we'd probably have an issue. Or if God said, you know what, you probably don't need to eat or drink that today. That's not God's, that's not God's desire for us, I guess I should say. I feel like God would want us to Say, God, I'm thinking about stopping at the gas station today. Supply my need. Right? And then if I go in the gas station, all those things are there. I'm good to go. But if the things that I want aren't there, I can't. And this is a bad example. Earlier when I was studying, it was a good example. But, <clears throat> but you understand what I mean? Sometimes we use our relationship with God like a quick stop at a gas station. I'm a Christian when I need to be a Christian. And then I'm going to go on by my, about my normal day. And that's not what God's desire is for us. God wants us to be a Christian 24-7. So when we have need of a pit stop, we can rely on him and he's right there for us. 
Amen. Psalm 37, 4 and 5. God wants your heart's desire. So if my heart's desire is for Seahawk tickets, God wants that for me? Maybe. But seriously, God, and pastor preaches this all the time, he wants us to have a life more abundantly, right? He wants us to have an abundant life, and he wants us to have that abundant life with him every day, not aside from him. So it takes that relationship. <clears throat> so the trick here is that you should also want to fulfill his desire. He wants to fulfill your desire, so we should also want to fulfill his desire. So if you want to have a high-paying job, commit to God. If you want to, to be a professional athlete someday, commit to God. If you want a happy, successful marriage, commit to God. Sister Sarah. Amen. So how do we do that? How do we stay faithful? Moving on to two, we use our resources. 
to use our resources. Psalm 119 and 11. Did you know that God's will is listed all throughout Scripture? And if you memorize some of that word and get it down in here, when you are in a day and time of needing to make a decision, you can recall some of that Scripture, and that will lead and guide you to the right decision. Right? It's all throughout. All throughout. How to deal with relationships how to be a parent, how to treat your parents, how to interact with your brothers and sisters, how to care for the church, how to care for each and every one of us. It's all in there. It's all in there. And if we can quote some of that scripture, carry you guys way better, you'll take care of me better, I'll be a better father and husband, and God's will will be occurring on a daily basis in our lives. Acts 11 and 9. Anybody know the story behind this one? Acts 11, give me a short synopsis, Brother Jeff. Right, but Peter was stuck in his thinking that can't touch that food. Right? We have a cupboard in our house in the kitchen. <clears throat> and that cupboard is called what, kids? That's the mama don't touch cupboard. So I don't touch that cupboard either. <laughs> right? But every now and then, mama will come out and say, get it out of that cupboard, whatever that is. And it's almost like kids are like afraid to go into that cupboard, even though mom gave permission. That, that's how I picture Peter in this story. Peter's like, I ain't touching the bacon. And God's like, eat the bacon. I've blessed the bacon. Peter's like, uh-uh, nope, 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 nope. And we get in our own way. This happens to me all the time. I get in my own way. I think I know what I'm supposed to do, and God is trying to knock me over the head. Hello, hello, hello. I've blessed this. Keep moving. And sometimes God's will comes to us that way. Because we are being stubborn and not listening to what he's trying to tell us. How many times did Peter get that vision, Jeff? Three times. Peter! The guy, right? Even he had to be knocked over the head three times.
Yeah. It took, it took God hitting you on the head three times, right? So that, uh, rest assured, it happens to Peter, it happens to Janelle, it can happen to any of us where God's trying to knock on our door to move a certain way. And uh, when we go into our modes of asking for his will, be listening and looking for his will as well. All right, Job 37 and 2. Hear the noise of his voice. So we need to ask God those critical questions. And once you have established that daily walk that's consistent with God, then you can start asking the questions ahead of time before the choice even comes. God, what's the next step for my life, for my career? What, what do you hope I'm going to become as a musician in the next few months? God, what do you want from me as I raise my kids over the next few years? God, what do you want from my family? We're currently in Kennewick. What, what's your will for me? Right? You can be asking those questions before a critical choice lands on your door. So you can be prayerful and be communing with God on all of those kinds of things. Amen. Proverbs eleven fourteen. So seek godly counsel. Sorry, the one before that was hear the noise of his voice. So seek godly counsel. How many have been in a place where you needed to make a decision and you knew what kind of answer you wanted, so you sought counsel in someone that would give you that answer? I did that a few times. I did that a few times. But God tells us to surround ourselves with people who are wise and know the word and that are going to pick us up. And I would venture to guess that most people in this sanctuary right now are great counselors, even Colton. Especially Colton, I like that. <clears throat> right? Because if I ask my best friend from high school, the same question I was asked Colton, I know I'd get two very different answers. Because one of my best friends from high school is not a practicing Christian, and he thinks it's funny when I get in trouble. And he would lead me a very different road. Right? But if I wanted to buy a really nice red Corvette car because it just looks nice, he would probably tell me to do it. And Colton would probably say, you know, you got a wife and kids. It's probably... Right? It's all about the counsel and who you put around you to give you information and advice. Pastor's got two of them, is that what you said? Red Corvette? Yeah. All right, last scripture of the night, Proverbs 13 and 20. Ooh. So not only 
should we ask them advice, but we should hang with them a little bit and walk with them and socialize with them and be a part of their walk. Not just a Sunday morning, hey, how you doing? And all right, see you next week, right? This is the importance of breaking bread with each other and fellowshipping with each other, picking each other up as we have need. Amen? Amen. Any last stories before we go to dismiss? Amen. Let's all stand.